0: Fans, it's time for the Fort Report, your source for talking LSUA Generals basketball with head coach Larry Cordero and your host, Ben Jernigan. All right, LSUA fans, it's time for the Fort Report. Let's start things off with a quick game recap. It was another big matchup for the Generals on Sunday afternoon at the Fort where they played host at Diller University. The Blue Devils came into the ballgame with a record of 3-1 looking to give the LSUA Generals their first loss of the season. It was a well-played game, and with about five and a half minutes left to play in the first half, Jordan Adabutu hit a three-pointer to put the Generals up 16. The Blue Devils would not stop there as they go on a run to cut lead to 47-44 at the half. In the second half, LSUA pulled away, and they were up by as many as 18 points before the final buzzer. And the final score was 99-84 as the LSUA Generals win their second ballgame of the season. A couple notable stats, LSU had nearly 11 players with 10 or more minutes of action. They hit a season-high 13 three-pointers. And Chris Pickers led all scores for LSUA with 17 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. Julian Torres had 14, Emmanuel Thompson had 14, and Brandon Ellis had 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. Leading away from the Blue Devils, Elijah Moore had 24 points, and Tyrone Alcorn had 23. Another one's in the books as LSUA moves to 2-0 after a win over Dillard. Okay, LSUA fans, it's time for the Fort Report. We're here with uh, Coach Larry. Coach, how you doing today?
1: Man, better than good, Ben. Thank you. How are you doing, Ben?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and uh, I tell you, we've uh, we've had a couple of games. We are two games into our season, and uh, I tell you, we've looked really, we've looked strong in, in two games. And so, uh, on Sunday, uh, I enjoyed watching the the Dillard game. Uh, give me just give me some first thoughts.
1: Well, my first thought, Ben, is just saying thank you for doing this podcast. I don't know how many college basketball programs out there in the country have a podcast and we would not have one ourselves if it were not for you so I think everyone listening appreciates you and I certainly do as well
0: yeah, well it's, this is a lot of fun and hey we have a solid we have a great program and this is something that uh, we want we want people to know about the ins and outs of LSUA basketball and I'm glad to do it
1: there's a guy named Rich Dupree who does the commentating for our games on our live stream And he told me this little line, he said, if your plate is not full, you're probably not trying hard enough. And uh, that really stood out to me because, you know, my plate was full before the podcast, but this is just another thing for us to be able to do for our fans and to have fun doing it. So let's uh, get started.
0: That's right, that's right, that's great. Hey, I guess we should tell our fans right now, um, tell us where you are right now.
1: We're on the bus. I could reach out to our bus driver, Coach Kyle Thorne up front, We're probably somewhere east of Monroe, maybe close to Vicksburg as we travel on I-20 heading towards uh, Jackson, Mississippi, where we'll stop and get some Chick-fil-A, and then we'll continue all the way to Alabama today.
0: Yeah, awesome, and we have a big weekend, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Let, let's talk about Dillard for a minute. Uh, you know, this is a, a, a proven program, a really strong program in NAIA basketball, and in Game 2, it wasn't their second game. They played a few uh, coming into it. It was our second game, and it was a competitive game, and we came out on top.
1: Dillard was 3-1 and one coming into the Fort, uh, a place that they were victorious in uh, last year. They beat us about one point. So it was kind of a a revenge game for for maybe me and our staff and a a few players. We don't have a lot back from last year, but uh, we definitely wanted to, uh, you know, not drop a home game, no doubt. And we got off to an amazing start And, and Dillard being the team that they are, they came roaring back. And it was basically a tie ball game at halftime. And then we were able to extend the lead once again and then kind of hold them off from there. I thought we did a really good job defensively on two of their top scores. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amos, number two, he averages about 15 or 16 points. We held him to five points. And number five, he was their leading scorer, about 17 or 18 a game. We held him to six points. And we had a goal of holding number five to single-digit halves. And we held him for single-digit game. He had six points. So I thought it was key in holding those guys down.
0: That, that's fantastic, fantastic. Uh, this game was very competitive early. We, uh, one of the points in the first half, uh, Atabutu hit a three-pointer with about five minutes left in the half to put us up by 16. And we're feeling pretty good. And then they go on a run. And, uh, and, and you know, uh, with 25 seconds left in the half, we're only up two. And uh, we, we led by three at halftime. What was going on in those, those last five minutes of the first half?
1: probably a timeout that Mike Newell, he's been coaching for a long, long time. Uh, he's been a Division One head coach at two different schools. He, uh, you know, got his guys uh, in a huddle and made a few adjustments and as my dad always tells me i don't call enough timeouts when teams go on runs and it's game two and hopefully i can remember that the rest of the season to kind of slow down their run we could have called timeout which i do think we did call one of them mm-hmm. but we just didn't get back in transition well enough uh, and they just scored points after points after points and they really cut the lead down and they had some confidence going into halftime but uh, really proud of our guys that we came out we didn't fold up or anything and we uh, went on another run you know that's what basketball is a that's game right. of runs and we were able to uh you know win the second half and that was what we talked about in the locker room guys we've got to win the second half to win the game and there and we did yeah
0: know, yeah. and that's the that's the question that i was going to ask you next what did you what what do you say at halftime i mean you're up you're up 3 47 44 they've just gone on a big run to end the first half what what uh, uh other than we got to win the second half you know uh, is there uh what what did you say to the guys at halftime
1: We've got to take better care of the basketball. We've got to get back and transition defense. We've got to create our own energy. It was a Sunday 3 o'clock game. Uh, The crowd was good, not great. The ones that came out were great. They wore some black, and, uh, you know, they, 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 they cheered us on. But, you know, just it's tough on a Sunday 3 o'clock game. The fort it wasn't its normal rocking self as maybe it was the very, our student section. I think that had a little bit to do with it was not there. But we've got to continue to create our, our own uh, energy, and especially as we go on the road, we're going to play a lot more games on the road than we are at home. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be an opportunity for us to, uh, you know, kind of fuel our own fire.
0: That's right, that's right. Um, Well, moving to the second half, we were up by as many as 18, which is five minutes left in the game and uh, five minutes and change or so. And then um, we ended up holding on for a, uh, what's that? A 15-point victory. We almost got to the 100-point mark, didn't quite get there. Uh, but uh, but offensively, we played really well, and we scored. I believe it was 52 uh, points in the second half, 47 in the first half. So uh, I felt like offensively, uh, we were we were clicking on all cylinders. Would you say so?
1: We hit 13 three-pointers. That's the strength of our team is shooting for sure. Uh, the first game, we only made eight. Uh, I'd like to get to about double digits. Ten would be a good number for us, but I won't turn down 13 either. So, That's you know, right. 99, 99 points is pretty good. I'll take that. It's not 100, but, hey, didn't That's even right. realize it until someone in the crowd yelled it out. And I think we probably held for the balls. But, That's right. You know we, yeah. we, you know, we don't like to necessarily run the score up or anything. If there's a chance for us to hold the ball at the end, we will.
0: Of course, of course. You know, and talking about shooting, you um, and uh, field goal percentage uh, was up over 100, 100 percentage points than uh, the last uh, our first game. Three point percentage was up significantly uh, from from 32 percent to 44 45 percent. Free throw percentage was up as well, um, and and so we just really shot the ball uh, significantly all uh, significantly better all around in that ball game, and uh, and that was great to see. Coach, I noticed that the uh, the starting lineup was different in the first two games. Um, what goes into that decision in uh, changing the starting lineup from game one to game two?
1: There's a lot that goes into it, probably too much. Our assistant coaches and my, you know, our staff gets together and we just try to come up with the best game plan. And uh, sometimes it's a gut feeling. Sometimes, you know, our players decide it based on uh, who's practicing the best and who's going the hardest day in day out. And You know, it might be based on who we're playing as well. We might say, hey, we need a bigger group against these guys. Or, hey, we might need to be quicker this game. So, you know, we're just two games into the year. and We might have a different starting lineup each and every game. But we would like to be able to get some type of pattern, some type of uh, consistency, some routine. And, uh, you know, I think that'll be the case going into the next game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, we, we've said it before the season. We saw it in game one. We've seen it in game two. We uh, we have a deep team, and I think there are lots of guys that could be in that starting five for sure. And as we look down, I think I'm, I'm trying to count on the air here, but it uh, looks like we had another ten players that had at least ten minutes, and then, and then one uh, that just missed it by 15 seconds. So you got quality minutes from a lot of guys, and that's great to see. I know that will help us down the stretch, too, as uh, more guys get more playing time. Um, so it was a big win and, uh, in game two. Uh, catch us up. So we've, we've been a few days. Catch us up on practice. Any updates? Anything we need to know as we head into uh, the, the Talladega Classic?
1: No news is good news, Ben. We're healthy. We've had some good practices on Monday. An off day for us is really just a down day. We had weights, we had film. Uh, Kyle Thorne, our video coordinator, does a great job of breaking down the clips and we have film sessions upstairs in the classroom inside the fort. Uh, we're pretty good in in the in the video department for us to be able to learn from you know some of our uh, mistakes, but also you know some of our uh, you no know, positives. so, Credit Kyle for spending the time that he does for for breaking it down. That's not an easy task, very time consuming, but it's it's uh, you know for kids nowadays. I call them kids for these young men that are 20 year olds and you know seeing it uh, definitely uh, helps where they can see a visual. And so you know we're we're pretty uh, big on breaking down game films. So that's what we did the day after our Sunday game on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We had good practices. We had two days to prepare for two games in Alabama. And of course, we're on the bus right now. It's Thursday uh, mid-morning, and we'll get to Alabama uh, mid-afternoon, and we'll check in the hotel, and then we'll go to a shoot-around practice time at Talladega where we'll be playing the next two games on tonight. We'll get to practice there, and then afterwards we're going to a banquet. where all four teams participating. Uh, it's us, Houston Tillotson, who's in the Red River Conference We'll play them at least twice this year. Central Baptist, our first opponent Friday, and then Talladega, the host school. We'll play them on Saturday. We'll all have a little banquet at a nearby church, and they're going to have a former Alabama football player from 1992 National Championship team. I believe his name is uh, David Palmer, who's a running back, wide receiver, that got drafted in the second round. And uh, we're going to hear, I'm sure, a motivating message, a great story from him tonight. And yeah, that's kind of the uh, the schedule for
0: today, Ben. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I love I love the uh, just the whole package you're going to get. Uh, in, in addition to basketball, but just the the, the event and the opportunity uh, for you guys to get together with these other teams and have a little time together before uh, bef- before the, uh, the the basketball games. I can't call it a tournament, but the uh, the games begin. It's a classic. So that, yeah, that that'll be great. Um, now I'm going to ask you about the opponents in just a minute. But first, three games in three days. You, you are Two games in the, the Talladega College Basketball Classic on uh, Saturday and Sunday. And then um, – no, no, that's uh, Friday and Saturday. And then you turn around and in Laurel, Mississippi, you play Southeastern Baptist College. So you have three games in three days all on the road. How's that going to affect your team?
1: We schedule that intentionally, of course, before the season. That prepares for a conference tournament in March – if the league decides to go from a 16 tournament to an 18 tournament and then also in kansas city in march if we're fortunate to make it that far again for for the sixth straight year we just want to be able to play back to back and that's what you have to do successfully to win a national championship and that's still one goal of ours that we hadn't been able to accomplish yet so we feel like early in the season with the the amount of depth that we have that we can go on the road and Play uh, three games in a row, and then we'll, we'll get tested, and this we'll, we'll learn, and we're growing, uh, you know, through a challenging schedule.
0: Yeah, and and I don't know. Um, I would imagine the majority of these guys on this team would, would want to play three games in three days. I mean, in, th- in one day, if they could, uh, let's just play. And so uh, this will be great to to be able to to play back to back to back, and uh, more opportunity uh, for more guys, you know, to, to get on the court and and. Um, to be able to, to play together. It's just going to make you stronger as the season goes on. Okay, let's talk about uh, let's talk about our opponents just for a second. Uh, you first have Central Baptist College on Friday. So tell us, what, what can we expect to see from Central Baptist?
1: We're familiar with them a little bit because we played them last year in, in March in Kansas City. They were our first opponent in the first round of the national tournament. So they've got a few players that uh, have returned. Uh, their head coach is still there. A young guy uh, that does a really good job with them. They went on the road, Central Baptist did, and beat Dillard in a very close game probably about 10 days ago. Central Baptist is 2-0 right now. And, uh, you know, they're guard-oriented. They've got a leading scorer, number 11, who's averaging about 22.5 points. We've really got to do a good job on him. He's made nine threes in two games. So we've got to know where he is at all times. They're just a hard-playing bunch, Ben. They're going to rebound, rebound, rebound. That's what we've got to do. I think that's on our board. One of our goals to go 1-0 and on Friday at 5 o'clock as an early tip-off uh, is just to rebound the basketball against uh, Central Baptist, who's going to play probably double-digit amount of players as well. They're going to be scrappy, and uh, we've got to protect the basketball better than we did the last game versus Dillard. I feel like if we protect the basketball – we will be able to get to the free throw line more and get offensive rebounds more. But if we turn the basketball over, Ben, there's no defense for a turnover. It's very hard to get back and to stop the opposing team if we just turn it over to them. So Mm -hmm. we've got to really have only about five or six turnovers a half, and, and that's it. No more.
0: Hey. So Central yeah, let me, let me just let, let's just remind you guys. Uh, this is Central Baptist College Friday night, 5 p.m. In, in Talladega, Alabama. All right, we're talking to Head Coach Larry Cordero on the Fort Report, and I want to remind our fans that uh, you can email questions to the Fort Report Podcast at gmail.com to ask your questions. And, and we'll ask Coach Larry those questions on the air, uh, on the Fort Report. Okay, so uh, Friday night that happens, and I know it's too early to talk about the, the next game down the road, uh, which is Talladega, but it is the next night. So for our fans, uh, what, what can we what can we know about Talladega College?
1: A little small, did you know, the head coach for Central Baptist used to be the assistant coach for the head coach at Talladega, but I know I'm making this story a little bit more complicated than the – Chris Wright is the head coach at Talladega. He once was the head coach at Central Baptist. So basically, the two coaches that were playing in Alabama once worked together at Central Baptist. And It's pretty neat to be able to get to know these coaches and to form relationships with them. Actually, the head coach at Talladega, I knew years ago, back when I was probably at UT Arlington. And Here we go, come full circle. We're both NEI head coaches and competing against one another. But he went out and really recruited an unbelievable roster. He's got Loads and loads of talent, Uh, Division One transfers galore. So we're going to have our hands full on Saturday at four. But we just want to get through Friday first at five.
0: That's right.
1: That's right. And then Saturday, if we can survive on Friday, we're going to be like LSU and Alabama. They're going to be playing. However far Tuscaloosa is away from Talladega, that's going to be a big game at 2.30. Of course, everybody knows about that. uh, Hopefully, the Generals and the Tigers can both go to Alabama and and bring back uh, a win, a big win on Saturday. That's
0: right. That's right. We love that. Well, uh, Talladega College uh, entered the season ranked uh, ranked number eight right behind... the, the Generals at number six, and then um, the Crusaders, William Carey at number seven. So um, so the, many people think highly of that team as well. So it'll be a, a, a good challenge for us. And then on uh, Sunday, you come back. Uh, on your way back home, You'll we're, we're going to stop and, and play in Laurel, Mississippi, versus Southeastern Baptist College. What what can you tell us about Southeastern Baptist College?
1: They're a new school team. Uh, probably been a school for years, but uh, – we really just wanted to catch another game on the way back, and it worked out perfectly. We were supposed to play Southeast Baptist College twice in one year, but we've moved the home game at the fork from this year to next year. Uh, and just so much goes into scheduling uh, throughout the spring and summer months, and uh, I-, I like our schedule. I, I think it's uh, p- pretty tough, which... You kind of get what you ask for, but it'll be the the third game in, in three days, and uh, it'll be a chance, we hope, for some of our younger guys. We've got 14 players on the bus. You know, Dustin Roy and Deshaun Ellis are both redshirt freshmen. Uh, Thaddeus Middleton from South Carolina just got cleared uh, a few hours ago. He'll be able to suit up and, and check in a game now. So you know, we'll have, we'll have lots of bodies, and hopefully we can use all those guys and get some young guys some minutes and uh, – you know, those guys practice hard uh, all the time, and they're the scout team preparing uh, the, the, the other guys to to be ready for the games. And also, you know, we want to get them in the games as much as possible and to, uh, you know, just to say, <laughs> you know, more than a thank you really, but also to prepare them for, for when they're going to be playing the bulk of the minutes in years to come.
0: Well, we've got a great slate of games this weekend, um, three in a row. uh, So just to remind our fans of the game times, on Friday night we play at 5 o'clock versus Central Baptist College. And on Saturday, we play at 4 o'clock in the afternoon uh, at Talladega College. And then on uh, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, we play at 2 o'clock in Laurel, Mississippi, versus Southeastern Baptist College. And uh, it's going to be a great test for for our team this early in uh, the season, and we're looking forward to it. And I just want to remind our fans, uh, if you're not able to go to the games, you can go to um, TalladegaTornadoes.com, TalladegaTornadoes.com, And uh, you can follow the games. You can watch the games uh, live-streamed there at that website. You can follow uh, your LSUA generals. Uh, I also want to say we're looking forward to next Saturday, the the 16th of November at 4 o'clock, where we host the University of Science and Arts uh, College of of Oklahoma. So uh, all our fans will want to come out for that. They actually were a preseason number 13 and a quality opponent, so I know that you'll want to come out for that. Coach, this has been another great uh, episode. Thanks for filling us in. Uh, We look forward to a great weekend.
1: As always, Ben, I'm proud to be a general. Go generals.
0: Thanks for listening to the Fort Report, your source for talking LSUA Generals basketball with head coach Larry Cordero and your host, Ben Jernigan. For more info on LSUA basketball, go to lsuagenerals.com.